When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Pep Talk. Now here's Ernie Anastas and Patricia Stark. If you ever find yourself stuck in the middle of the sea, I'll sail the world to find you. If you ever find yourself lost in the dark and you can't see, I'll be the light to guide you. Great song. Says Isn't a lot. Oh, we all need someone to guide us and be there for us. Yeah. And that usually comes down to our family and those that we love, right, Ernie? Well, you know, as parents, you know, we both know and understand what it is to be a parent. And the love that you have and the care that you give your child is extraordinary. And, and it's an experience that other people can understand if they've been through it. And, and you want to share that with as many people as you can because it, I think it's the greatest love you can have. Oh, it is. And the ability to do whatever you can to raise an yeah. awesome human being mm-hmm. is one of the greatest duties and gifts I think that there are in the world, but there's many ways to do that. You know, there's yeah. our biological children. Sure. There are uh, people that come into our life that are connected to us sometimes through our family and, and sometimes of our heart. Yeah. Like, yeah. like fostering exactly. Uh, children. You know, that's a great topic. And that's what we're talking about today. Because fostering, you know, is a very special way of, of showing your love for a child. And I've talked to many people who have fostered children. And their stories are so uh, touching and so extraordinary. Because, you know, if, if it's not your child, you know, that expression, not my kid. But it, it's, it is your kid. I mean, all children are your children in many ways. Mm-hmm. And when you talk to parents who are fostering, and they tell you that the deep experience that they have taking care of this child with, with some needs, some real important needs, boy, that really is great. It really is. And it really takes special people oh. to open up their hearts and their homes and their families mm. uh, to you know, be that kind of haven. Sure. Uh, and, and, and sometimes and a lot of the time it is just a temporary uh, yeah. place. And to make that feel permanent and loving and, and safe during that time yep. really is a skill and, and is a gift. So many children need that self-esteem. They need that understanding. And we have a special guest today um, who is Kathleen Pato. She's the author of Fostering Love, A Glimpse into Foster Care. She's a great guest today. Oh, and you know, Kathleen and her husband, Ron, have been foster parents for most of their 35-year mm. marriage. Wow. And they also raised four of their own biological Ooh. children yeah. uh, in, in addition to, to doing this amazing work. Yeah, a great deal of time, as we understand, working in different areas of foster care and adoption. Uh, a very unique person. And Kathleen Fado, welcome to our show. Happy to have you here. Hi, Kathleen. 
Hi, thank you so much for having me. Oh, we're so happy to have you. And I was thrilled to learn about your book and uh, I went through it and and, and saw Mm -hmm. all of the different things that you're offering. And I think that our, our, our first question really is what inspired you? I know you have this long history and so many stories that hopefully we'll be able to hear, but what was it that made you want to put everything into a book? You know, for Ron and I, we just wanted to do this right from the beginning of our marriage. We always felt a calling, you know, whatsoever you do for the least of my brother that you're doing for me. Mm. And so there are so many people out there uh, who want to do a good job raising their children, but they have not been raised well themselves. And then it's a generational type of thing where abuse travels down from one generation to the next. And so if we can step in and help stop that cycle, then we're working to make our country, our communities, a better place one child at a time. Kathleen, it sounds like you and your husband, Ron, are very special people uh, because, you know, it takes a special person to be able to give that way. So we want to know, you know, how do you prepare? How do you prepare uh, to be a foster parent and some of the challenges that are involved? So we prepare by working uh, with each other, meeting other people, um, brainstorming, uh, networking, finding people who have an interest in foster care. And once people start talking about it, they become a little more interested. And then typically they'll call their county and go through some pre-training classes, uh, eventually have a home study and get a state license. Mm. And then how, license how are they trained, Kathleen? How do you train? You said they, they get a training program. What, what do you do? What do you teach? Uh, Well, the agencies vary, but usually about 10 to 12, two-hour classes going through policies and procedures and growth Mm -hmm. and development and how to be a foster parent. Uh, And then uh, the home study is about, you know, does your home pass inspection, fire and safety and um, your, your pets are vaccinated and, you know, hundreds of other things. And then once that all happens, then you uh, start to really learn by mentoring with other foster families. Um, I think one thing is that younger foster parents um, have, myself including when we started, we didn't have a clear understanding about what it was about. And foster care historically was more about, you know, the children's being sent west on the orphan Mm -hmm. trains to work the farms and get the, um, you know, parentless children out Mm -hmm. of the big cities like New York and Boston and but foster care has changed so much oh, over sure. the years. And now our goal is to try to get the children reunified with their family mm. or at least a kinship placement, if at all possible. Yeah. Now, you have um, fostered quite a few uh, children over the years. And how has it changed since you first started? And what is the wisdom? I mean, from You can go through courses, but really in that day-to-day living and doing, what have been the most important lessons you have learned? Well, let me say that we, it's like a little pebble being thrown into a pond. You have no idea how much trickle down effect we have on these families. So if we can be a good role model for them and teach them about kind discipline and about structure and rules, um, you know, sometimes we're, we're training the parents as well as, as the children. And sometimes it's even three generations, to be honest with you. And Mm -hmm. then we, many times we have children call us 
10 years later and now they're getting married and they've oh, had a child great. and they say, you know, we want to raise our children the way we were raised mm. at your house. So we're affecting so, many isn't that people. Beautiful. I love that. You know, I wanted to ask you too, because, you know, we're, we're both parents and we understand, you know, what yeah. it's like to be involved with your children and in a very intimate, close way. I it can't get any better than that. We love it. So from a child's point of view, because I always look that way, you know, what, what is What does a little guy think? What, what is my, what is my daughter thinking right now? What about the children who are, in foster care, how do they react? What are they thinking when they're with you? What do they talk to you about? Well, it's interesting. To be honest with you, most children are okay coming into foster care. I I was really not uh, ready for that. I thought they would be more upset. But Mm. to be honest with you, something really dastardly has happened in their home situation. And so they have to be pulled out for an important reason. And so they're happy to have a a cessation of whatever that was, abuse Mm. or neglect or Mm -hmm. dependency that was going on in their home. So from their point of view, to be honest with you, I have had most children be grateful. Uh, And foster children are really portrayed negatively as well as foster parents in our media. Mm -hmm. But actually, they're really wonderful children. I've had 165 so far. I'm waiting for that one to come through my home that I think, oh, my gosh, here's the one I've been dreading. (laughs) But I haven't found them so far. Um, And so also from the child's point of view, when they come to your home, Everything is very different from them, you Mm -hmm, know, from the mm -hmm. dog to the peanut butter to, you know, where their bed is positioned in the room. Just everything is so different. So there's some coping skills that need to adjust, but we're kind patience and simple directions and repeating the same directions and not changing the rules from one day to the next. They really do thrive. I think that's such a wonderful point to bring up for those listening that are are considering getting involved. You said 165 children, and you're still waiting to see that Mm -hmm. one that maybe is is a trouble. And and I do agree with you that there is this misconception, Mm -hmm. and and I think people worry: is the child going to be acting out? Are they going to be disruptive? You know, dangerous. So, you know, how do we help people get over that? I know talking about it today, and and like your book. Um, but but what else should people know to feel safe and to feel confident that, hey, you know what, I think I want to try this? Well, I would say good preparation is very important. And then always explaining what you're doing with the child, where you're going, how you're expecting them to act, how are they feeling, do they have questions? And I, I just have had so few problems with children. And I think it's because they really appreciate the fact that you respect them and then they respect you back. To be honest, it's not been a big problem. Mm-hmm. And so I just feel sad that there's so many misconceptions. That's why my husband and I wrote the book, because we want to not just explain our home and our experience, right. but more about the big picture of foster care. Sure. So many people have read it and said, foster care was nothing like what I thought in my mind it was. And so we're trying to spread positive news and better information in hopes that more people would be interested in providing foster care for children. And we have, of course, a very, very big need because of so many extra children coming Mm -hmm. into our country right now that Mm -hmm. are parentless. That's a whole nother round. Talk about that for a minute. You know, in in terms of those children, child immigrants, many who are parentless, as you point out, what's the Mm -hmm. challenge there? How does that work? How is that different? Just such a lack of uh, enough foster homes to begin with. So now the children, until uh, they are accompanied minor service, which mm-hmm. from the time they're four, five years old till 14, 
they have to go into um, what is like the Office of Refugee Resettlement. And they work very, very hard to um, find a sponsor. But these sponsors are not background checked and they do not go through the rigors that licensed foster parents do. And so, uh, quite frankly, unfortunately, I mean, there are hundreds and thousands, to be honest with you, of children that are just missing in the system. And it worries me. I I worry about it. I lay awake at night worrying about these children. Um, And so even 15, 16 and 17 year olds, this is a whole optional thing. They don't even have to go in to the government system. And that's a huge risk, um, Mm. of course, for things like, um, you know, human trafficking and and. Uh, drug abuse yeah, and gang activities. Okay. Mm-hmm. So very, yeah, very concerning. Have to watch that carefully. Uh, yeah, this country really right. needs to get better um, oh, at yeah. this. Um, yeah. You know, and that leads me to the question of age. What have you found? Do you always have younger children? You know, if someone that is interested in this uh, thinks to themselves, well, I'd like to have maybe a, a baby or a toddler or preteen mm-hmm. or teen, how does that work? So I would say that you can go into it thinking one thing, but uh, anymore, it's very, very important to try to keep siblings together. There's much less misbehavior. They're not worried about where their siblings are if they're right placed in the same foster home together. And so my husband and I work very, very hard to keep sibling groups together. So there may be an eight-year-old in there who's my perfect uh, range aged child, but they came with a one-year-old, a 15-year-old, and a 16-year-old sibling. So to be honest, you probably will get the age group you want, but there probably will be some extras along the way. Mm -hmm. And it does have, uh, you have to think about your family and of course your biological children. And I always tell people, try to keep the identity of your family intact and just lovingly add others into it. Don't lose Mm. your identity along the way. Um, And for my own biological children, when our children were small, we took teenagers in. Mm -hmm. And then when our children were teenagers, we took little ones in. And now that our children are uh, grown uh, into adulthood, we just take sibling groups, just lots of big groups. So we've had four and five and six and eight at a time, to be honest. I'd love to come to your house. I know. It sounds like (laughs) a really great home and probably really fun during the holidays. I I would love to host both of you. We'd love to come over. Sure. I wonder as a mom, how do you get close and then let go. For me, I could find that being very difficult, getting attached, really almost falling in love, and then you don't get to keep them. How how have you dealt with that over the years? That's true, Patricia. I would say letting go is difficult, but if you're happy with where your children are going, you've acted like a bridge for this family, you've taught them, you've helped the children grow, heal, find some momentum in life, then you don't feel so bad about letting go because you feel like you did an adequate job. Mm -hmm. But I will tell you that there are times that children are released um, to maybe family member or kinship or maybe even into an adoptive placement. Mm -hmm. And I just am not happy with it. And to be honest with you, they kind of haunt me. But I pray and pray for every child. And I get to keep in touch with a lot of my old children. So that soothes my soul a lot. You know, I was um, I just kind of scrolling here. Everything is available on Google, as we all know. So I was just kind of taking a look, you know, and some of the celebrities who have been fostered uh, and who mm-hmm. are fostering children. Ruth Westheimer, for example, oh. she was raised in foster care after her parents died in the Holocaust. Oh. Uh, you know, there are interesting stories. Nia Vardalos, you know, you remember her from my big fat yes. Greek wedding. Um, she actually adopted her daughter, uh, Ileana, through the foster care system in 2008. Mm-hmm. 
and later uh, writing about the experience in her book, uh, Instant Mom. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there are celebrities, uh, Eddie Murphy, for example, who have been in foster mm -hmm. care. So interesting stories. And, and you know, you don't, you don't think about those people. You always think that, oh, everything was perfect in their life. But, you know, they get stronger as a result of having the challenge in life. And I'm sure they all have great stories to tell, just like you are. And it's so nice that you're telling us that the feedback is good from a lot of these children who are now getting married mm -hmm. and going on mm -hmm. and having families of their own. What a wonderful uh, full circle, that is. It is so great. Right. And, and I want to remind people of the name of your book. It is Fostering Love, A Glimpse into Foster Care. And Kathleen, um, where is this book available? How can people find the book? It's available on Amazon and uh, online through any of the bookstores. Uh, and then I have Instagram and Facebook book, Kathleen Pato LLC. So I would love to have, um, I, I post this post pictures of children mm -hmm. all the time uh, that the families have given me permission to see a little bit of the day-to-day -day life of our foster home. And um, it's gotten a, a lot of positive reviews. We work very hard to help children and understand that this is a journey. It's a yes. chapter in their life, mm -hmm. but that does not get to claim who they are, their identity, or what their future is going to be. They get to choose that. Well, Kathleen, you and your husband, Ron, have certainly been that bridge, a bridge to love and kindness and filling the world with, with good people and Beautiful. helping to raise good people. So it's really wonderful work that you both have done. Thank you, Kathleen, for sharing your story with a lot of our listeners who are probably motivated now to say, I think I'm going to do that. I want to try that. And that's that's a nice thing. Appreciate it so Thank much, Kathleen. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank okay. you. Take care. You know, we both know that children really are our future. And, and that sounds like a real, you know, cliche, but it's the truth. When you look at a child, you know, you're, you're, you have an opportunity. And, and I've always felt that way. You have an opportunity to really help this child to become everything that they can be. And, and that's a special role that you have as a parent or foster parent. It really is. And, you know, one thing that we didn't talk about with Kathy that I'm sure you can learn on her website or, in, or at the book is that if you can't become a foster uh, parent, there are other ways to help foster children. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So if you, you're feeling this pang, but you're not so sure you can bring a child into your home, please look into that. Look for Kathy's book, Fostering Love. Uh, look at her website, KathleenPato.com. And there may be other ways you can help yeah, foster children, yeah. too. There was a time, you know, when people would think about foster care and there were certain ways that you could donate money, for example. Uh, there were organizations that would take the money and then it wasn't really involved. You, you weren't really active. You weren't participating in a child's life. Yeah. And I think now it's, it's really become so different where you really have a personal way of sharing your life with a child. Yeah, there are many ways, thing. and yeah. I think that we can find that out in her you book bet. as well. So yeah. I hope that this edition of Pep Talk has pepped everyone up today. I know hearing all this love and kindness oh, gets yeah. me in a great mood, and it that does. is our intention for the show, as always. Well, we're going to go hug our kids right now, <laughs> yes, right? Uh, yes. Thank you so much for listening to us. We appreciate it. We're on Pep Talk. Ernie Anastas with Patricia Stark. We look for you again next time. Yes, see you soon. Bye-bye.